Good morning again. I'm Stephen Riley. I'm lead pastor here at Living Waters Church. I want to be sure we welcome those online. So glad that you joined us and uh, praying that you're you're like we need these prayers for one another. You're you're one another, okay? So you're receiving these prayers. You're worshiping with us, and the Lord is encouraging you as He's encouraging us here. We also have a Connect card for all first and second time guests. Uh, those get, uh, Connect cards, we have those in the front. We also have them online. You can go on our website, living-waters.org, and have a link uh, to just fill out a Connect card. What that is for is so we have your contact information. We'll email you and mail you a little gift in there and a thank you for coming. So please do that and so that we can make connection with you uh, there if you're a guest, first and second time guest online or here in person. Our vision here at Living Waters Church is abandoned to God and compassionate toward people. And that is a vertical leap toward heaven and a horizontal leap toward those he died for. And so we ask for God's power to do that and do that well here in Shelby County and surrounding counties. I want to give you a quick report from last Thursday night. Our unceasing prayer gathering was uh, a community gathering at Collins High School Auditorium. Uh, Thank you for those who came in person or were there online praying with us. It was uh, just tremendous and an honor. The principal uh, was there as the door greeter, and then he came and welcomed us in the beginning of the prayer time and asked for specific prayers and, and, and even prayed as well. And, you know, so God's, he's opened the door for God's blessing on that campus. Of course, we prayed for all public schools, Christian schools, and homeschoolers as well that night. But just wanted to give you a quick report on that. With unceasing prayer, there's current 11 churches. We're asking God for up to 30 churches that will take one day a month and pray over our county. And uh, our turn is this the first Monday, which begins tonight at midnight. If you have a half hour, an hour over the next 24 hours starting tonight, please remember to work that in. I know it's Labor Day weekend. Your schedule might be weird, but if you can uh, still work in some prayer time during that hour, that would be great. And um, on online on the uh, website kypraise.org, there's prayer lists there, links that you can open up and help guide you through prayer. All right. Well, I do want to remind you to put this on your calendar, November 7th, 14th, and 21st. We are having a celebration uh, of honoring our past and asking God to empower our future. I am sensing what... Uh, and, and, and talking and praying with the elders, the a focus going into that and into 2022. I can't wait to share that with you at some point uh, before November 7th. But it is just building in my spirit. Uh, and November 7th, Doc Shell will be our speaker. Uh, he's a retired pastor, but old friend of ours out of Alabama. Uh, November 14th, uh, Dr. Buddy Berry. Uh, from Eminence will be speaking, and then I'll be speaking on the third Sunday, but we'll have a, a unique dynamic that Sunday where the the legacy Encore generations will be speaking blessings over the next 40 years over the younger generations. And so it's going to be like a blessing service will be part of that service on the 21st, and I'm really looking forward to that. As we um, pray over the offering and there's ways to give 
both digitally online. Uh, if you go to our website, there's a, a giving a drop-down menu, and you can find uh, find out instructions there on how to give online. You can uh, do that right now if you forgot, and go ahead and get on your phone and, and do it right now if you want. There's also uh, these black boxes here at our two uh, doors in the back uh, for you to uh, turn in your uh, tithes and offerings. And as we pray over those, we're going to be praying as well for Pastor Daniel Lowry of Newcastle First Baptist Church in Henry County. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, you are uh, the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And so you really are our source of all material things. And we trust you in that as much as we trust you in our spiritual areas, relational areas, and emotional areas of our life. And, Lord, with that, we want to follow the instructions of your word to give tithes and offerings into your kingdom. And with that, Lord, as we follow you in, in this obedience step, Lord, you bless us back in, in, in physical ways, material ways, but also emotionally, relational, and spiritual ways. So, Lord, thank you for that. And, Lord, we pray for those blessings over uh, Newcastle First Baptist Church as well and Pastor Daniel and his leadership team, Lord, that, that we and they both would have an abundance in fruitfulness, abundance in finances, abundance in uni- unity, wisdom, many salvations, and that the word of God would be preached. To the glory of your name, amen. Well, I'm going to ask uh, David Rock to go ahead and come on up here. He is... Uh, our preacher teacher for the day. Let's give him a hand as he walks on up. You got some electronic things you got to you got to do. Okay, you want to do that? If you need to move this table over some more. Okay, fantastic. All right, good, good. So David and Jessica are uh, just a you know serving family in our church. David is on the board, and they both uh, are on the ministry team in River Kids. In fact, his wife is already in River Kids. David would normally be there with her today, but I have already snatched him on on this calendar date. So uh, we've got him today. And uh, David is a a man who is, you know, serious about his life with the Lord and in study of God's Word. Uh, He's a a, uh, graduate from Asbury Seminary, and... um, and so I want to just pray for him as he comes uh, to lead us and uh, as we trust God uh, to transform our hearts. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are uh, thankful for this opportunity to receive of your word and spirit this morning. Uh, we're asking that our ears would be open to you, Holy Spirit, and open to the words and uh, uh, the themes that David teaches on, that there'll be something for each and every one of us to put our feet on, to put our next steps on, Lord God, to, to um, uh, Lord, to follow you as a disciple of Christ. And so, Lord, we entrust that to you. We pray you bless David, and may as he yields himself to you, Lord, speak, uh, Lord God, by the Spirit. And we thank you, Lord God, that this is a time of life transformation for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Good. Well, um, Stephen said in, in your email that you got, I, I heard a couple people uh, actually say that they already read uh, Matthew 13, but that's 
um, where we're going to be going today is Matthew chapter 13. We won't uh, go through the entire chapter, but we will we'll be uh, covering a portion of that. Matthew chapter 13 is the uh, parable chapter. There are several parables in the uh, chapter of uh, chapter 13 of Matthew. And um, teachers in this time uh, used spoken word primarily as a form of communication. So, and the same would have been true with Jesus. It was primarily a um, you know spoken word was the form of communication. There there wasn't any papyrus handouts or papyrus powerpoints. Oh, here we go. We got a couple laughs on that one. I was letting it sit for a second, though, so that was good. Um, and bomb on the first opening joke. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was basically just communication is just spoken, spoken word. And because of this, um, you know, in order for the, the people to remember things, they spoke in parables, and same as Jesus. He used these memory hooks uh, for the crowds, for the people, to remember what he was speaking about. A lot of times in uh, parables, um, they would use, you know, life situations to explain a spiritual truth. And so in Matthew chapter 13, which we're going to read, there's a lot of agricultural um, references there. And, you know, I'm probably the least qualified city boy uh, to, to cover that, but I will do my best. And so they use these, you know, agricultural um, uh, tie-ins to explain a, a spiritual truth. One of the hopes with uh, all preachers is that the crowd remembers one thing, and uh, that's the uh, that's the, the the part of the parable that Jesus was, was hoping for that the, this memory hook, uh, this kind of story, would bring spiritual truth, spiritual meaning. And as they remember the story, you know, on Monday or Tuesday or throughout the week, they would kind of get this hook and remember the spiritual meaning as well. The other thing about a parable is that there would be this kind of this aha moment um, in the the story and, and what's being explained where you can connect that spiritual truth. And there would be this aha, like, okay, I get it. You know, like kind of when the, the light goes on, um, there, there would be that connection uh, to the, the truth that was speaking. And so, again, in this, this, is, this background of, of Matthew chapter 13, there's a lot of parables here, and this is uh, what what uh, Jesus is doing. In, the, in this first verse, in the beginning of the chapter in Matthew 13, um, we look at where's the, the location? Where is Jesus? Is, is, he, is he inside? Is he inside the temple? And we, we find him in the temple at, at times, but no, where is he? He's outside. He's outside, and he's, yep, David got it right. He's sitting on a boat. Um, he's actually sitting on a boat, and the, the crowd is, is before him. And uh, Jesus gives the, the first parable about the, the sowers and the seeds falling on the different ground at the beginning of the chapter in Matthew 13, 10. The, uh, he explains the, the parable to the disciples. And then the, in this text that we're going to read right now, we don't know, does, is he, after explaining it, does he go back on the boat? Um, I kind of think so. I kind of think he's back on the boat. Uh, speak, we know that he's speaking to the crowd. And so I think we, we find Jesus back on the boat, uh, on the water, speaking to the crowd that's in front of him. One of the things that I want to mention before we, we get into the word this morning, kind of in just the, the background of this text, is the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And uh, we see in, in this parable as it starts off um, that the kingdom of heaven is like 
In the book of Matthew, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, and, and those are interchangeable, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, are mentioned 55 times in the book of Matthew alone. So uh, with that repetition, Matthew is trying to grab our attention about the kingdom, right? That many times, we get it. All right, what is the kingdom like? The kingdom is another highlight that really kind of shows the rule and reign of Jesus Christ that is not bound by a geographical location. So meaning, as we think like a king that rules maybe like in a castle, okay, Jesus rules and reigns. His reign is not bound by that geographical location. It is the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, has arrived in the God-man, Jesus Christ. As Jesus became flesh and blood and dwelt among us, he established his kingdom. His kingdom was put into motion and was put into motion against the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom has arrived. And the king is also coming back. Amen? His second coming, the Lord will return. And with this, Satan will be defeated, and God's kingdom will be established forever. His kingdom has come. His kingdom is coming. Living waters, his kingdom is here. Amen? His kingdom is is here. His kingdom is coming every day. His kingdom is is in you, is in me, and it is becoming. We are looking for the day when he returns and he comes back and it is, is established the fullness of it. But we are living in a time when his kingdom is becoming. The kingdom of God, the, the reign of his rule is being established now. And we look forward to the day when the fullness of his kingdom in his second coming. But his kingdom is coming now. What does the Lord's Prayer tell us in Matthew chapter 6? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Now, today, let your kingdom come. Can you agree with me this morning? Jesus, may your kingdom come today. Today, God, let your kingdom come. We ask it this morning, God. May your kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. God, we ask, may your kingdom come to earth. We are desperate for your kingdom May it come, God. May your kingdom come to Shelbyville, Kentucky. God, release your kingdom. We know that it has come and it is becoming. Let it come today. Release your kingdom in our nation. God, from the east to the west, release your kingdom. Our God in heaven, release your kingdom. May your kingdom come today. We need your kingdom. His kingdom has has come. 
It is coming. The, his rule is advancing in Shelbyville, Kentucky today. Amen? His kingdom is advancing with those online where you are. His kingdom is advancing in your house, in your room, wherever you are. His kingdom is advancing. What about the evil? What, his kingdom is advancing. Let us be reminded of that this morning. I'm going to read in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. If you have your Bibles, if you want to open those up, your applications, open those up. We're going to have the words on the screen. I'm going to do a little bit old school this morning. A nod to Pastor Joel, our founding pastors, our founding pastor. If you could stand with me. For the reading of the word this morning. We're going to look at the parable and then we're also going to look at the interpretation. So there's some parables in between. Um, We're going to skip over those and then we're going to go to the interpretation. So uh, Matthew chapter 13 verse 24 says, and you can just follow along with me. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. While um, men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, an enemy has, has, has done this. And the servant said to him, do you want us to, to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. So we have the tares growing in, in the wheat, right? And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather these tares and bind them into bundles to burn them and gather the wheat into the barn. And we have two other parables that start off the same way. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like, right? Um, and then we, we go to verse 36. Jesus explains the, uh, the parable to the disciples. And, and Jesus sent the multitudes away and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is who? Son of man, Jesus, the field is the, is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are also the sons of the wicked one. The enemy he sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out his kingdom, all, things, all the things that are offended." For those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire, and with wailing and gnashing of teeth, then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. Jesus, we thank you for the the reading of your your word this morning. We pray, God, that our ears would be opened to hear what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. May your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
So in this text, we find the, the sowers. The seed is sowed in, in, a, in a kind of a broad motion as, as they would, would do in the day. And today, I know it's a lot more technical. I, I couldn't go into all that. But, uh, you know, then it was kind of the seed was in a, uh, a pouch and it would just be thrown into the field kind of in a scattering way. The explanation of the parable in verse 37 uh, we find that the, the sower, one of the sowers, is the Son of Man, is, is Jesus Christ. Um, and in this parable of sowing the seed, he's sowing the seed with the expectation that the seed is going to grow and that there also will be a harvest. The parable shows that there is a great contention that is taking place. There is another sower in this parable. In verse 39, uh, the text describes him as the enemy, or also says the devil. So there's two sowers that are taking place, each sowing their own seeds. The seeds, the good seed, in verse 24 says, um, the, the, par- uh, the, the seed produces wheat, the good seed produces wheat. It's sown by Jesus and with the intent of having a harvest. It's important to remember that the seeds represents two kingdoms here. It's the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of, of darkness. So we have contention in, in the wheat's growing and the tares growing, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness. And it's, it's up to us who we decide, what we decide to believe in. Do we believe in the good seed? Do we believe in, in the bad seed? You know, Jesus uh, isn't going to force the kingdom of heaven upon us. Um, it is a choice that we have, we have to make. So in, in this parable, the, the wheat are those that have chosen to follow Jesus, those that, that have asked Jesus to forgive them of their sins, believe in their heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. Those that have been, you know, those are that are, are believers in Christ. That is, that is the wheat. The tares are produced from what the enemy has sown. And tares, um, you know, it's kind of a weird, we don't use that term like all the time, you know, what is a tear? Um, and so the original language uh, could have been represented in a weed called darnell. Uh, and darnell just looks just like wheat. So as the, the, the tear or the darnell grows, um, you wouldn't really be able to tell the difference until it comes time for, uh, for the harvest. And so this would have been one of those like aha moments, you know, for the crowd because they're like, you know, they planted the field and, you know, in an agricultural community, they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, blood, sweat, and toil for, you know, doing planting and farming is a lot of hard work. And then, you know, while you were sleeping, you know, you went to sleep because you was working hard. The enemy came in and, and sowed all this poisonous seed into the field. They'd be like, you know, what? Are you, are you kidding me? You know, who would do that? You know, what, what, what action should we take? And actually, historically, this would be like grounds of imprisonment if you were to do that. So this really kind of gets their attention and, and is the, the hook to the parable. They have this like aha moment. Um, so they see this contention between the, the wheat and the, and the tares and what that would really do to the field. And um, finally, the, uh, the tares, according to verse 38, are the sons of the wicked one, those that 
are not Christians, those that have been deceived by the devil. So we have wheat and the tares, the good seed, the bad seed. And then we have the field, verse 38. The field is, uh, in verse 38, tells us it, it's the world. It's the place that the battle uh, has been uh, taking place. So the field is the world. So that means that in the world, uh, we're going to have uh, good seed uh, that is sowed, and we will also have bad seed that is sown, right? So in the world, we're going to have the kingdom of heaven that we already talked about that is advancing, and we will also have the kingdom of darkness. We all know that to be true, right? So we're not just living in the age of the kingdom of heaven. We also are living alongside of the tares, right? The darnell, the, the poisonous plant of the, the evil of, of the, enemy, the enemy's kingdom of darkness that is growing alongside of us. And so in this world, we have evil and we have darkness, but we also have Jesus and his kingdom that is being established. And God's not going to force people to, to choose which one. It, the choice is, is up to us to make. And we see that, you know, in our own day, this evil and, and good co- coexisting, growing side by side. The harvest is also a, uh, a metaphor that is used throughout the scripture and, and is common in the Gospels. Uh, the harvest that is taking place takes place in the field, which is the world. There's a harvest that takes place, and it's a harvest of souls. Remembering Jesus is describing the, the kingdom as the world or the, or the, or the, uh, the field. We have a choice in, in who we're going to believe, who we're going to live for. Are we going to live for the kingdom of heaven, or are we going to live for the kingdom of darkness? The time frame that is mentioned here is the end of the age. It's Jesus' second coming. When he returns with his angels, at this point, the wheat and the tares uh, will be harvested. It's not at this point, until his return, that this contention is resolved. Right? So there's, up until this point, the evil and the good, there is going to be that constant contention until he returns. They're going to grow side by side. Jesus says, though, in John sixteen thirty three, says, I have told you these things that you might have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The kingdom of darkness is increasing, but the kingdom of heaven will also continue to increase as well. And we have seen pockets of, of revival. We have seen pockets of, of people um, making decisions to, to follow Christ, but this will increase even more as we get closer to his return. And his kingdom will advance, and we will see a great harvest. The harvest is divided into first tares. We see that the, the tares are divided from the wheat. Um, I think it's important to remember that tares don't represent bad people. Tares represent people that don't believe that Jesus is their savior. You might be a good person, and you, but you might not believe that Jesus is your savior. You are included in the tares. 
It's not by your good looks. It's not by what you do. There's only one way for salvation, and that's through Jesus Christ. So you could live a good life, but not believe that Jesus is your Savior, He is the Lord of your life, and you are included in the tares. Let me read verse 30, uh, 41 out of the New Living Translation. I like the way that it's worded. It's worded a little bit different than lawlessness. Again, that's one of those things we don't say every day. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will, will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin in all who do evil. Well, you might say, well, I don't do evil. Well, here's the news. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. No one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Without the redemption of Jesus, we are all tares. Without the redemption of Jesus, we are all tares. But God made a way through Jesus and his kingdom that we might be redeemed. This is good news. There is a way. And it's through Jesus that we've been saved. It's through Jesus that we, we don't have to be tares. We don't have to be burned up. We don't have to be thrown away. But we have a promise, an everlasting promise. With the second coming of Jesus, there will be a final judgment with this parable is referencing. And the tares will be separated and thrown into hell. The text uses the metaphor as a furnace. The wheat are those that are not perfect. The wheat are those that have sinned. The wheat are those that have made mistakes and accepted Jesus as their Savior. The text says that the righteous will shine forth as a sun, and yet through Jesus, him alone, we are considered righteous. It is at this point that evil will be, will be removed, and those that confess Jesus as Lord and Savior will reign with him in the kingdom to come. And this, is, this is our promise to uh, those that believe in Jesus. We have eternity in the kingdom of heaven. Throughout the Old Testament, we, and in the Gospels, we have this underlining theme of the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God. And after Jesus' ascension, this language of the kingdom of heaven all but disappears. We, again, we say in Matthew alone, it's 55 times, right? So then after the Gospels, we hear it mentioned just a couple of times. Why? Because of Acts chapter 2. Kingdom of God mentioned often, multiple times in the Gospels. Heaven, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven is like. 
Kingdom in heaven is like. Kingdom in heaven is like. Gospels, Acts chapter 2, that kingdom language all but disappears. Why? Because the church is birthed in Acts chapter 2. The language of the church, the ecclesia, which is the, the Greek word there, is revealed. The church is the kingdom. We are the kingdom. Today, the the church is the predominant instrument that God will choose to communicate his message and his acts to the earth. God's plan for the church is to be a prophetic voice to the world. And the, the church is the medium at which God will use to reach the world. Hey, have you ever uh, heard someone say, I don't go to church, I am the church? They're right. They are absolutely right. This building isn't the church. It's where we gather. We are the church. We are the ecclesia. We are the church. We are the we are the kingdom of God. It is us. It is us taking the message of Christ. It is us advancing the kingdom of heaven. We are the church. So that that language all disappears because the church comes on the scene. His kingdom will be established through the establishment of the church, the the bride of Christ, the the global church. I just want to remind everyone this morning, those that are online, that God is not dead, and neither is the church. The church is alive in this day, in the midst of evil that is going on, and the kingdom through the church is advancing. The church, Dutch Sheets says, which I always have to like say his name really slow, Dutch Sheets, suggests that the literal interpretation kind of falls short what ecclesia really means. The literal meaning is called out. And as we connect the church, the ecclesia to the kingdom of heaven language that we find in Matthew, it relates to being called out of a place of authority. So what does the church literally mean? It means called out, but it's, it's like a literal translation. So what does that fully mean? It's being called out into a place of authority. So again, we have this pro- kind of this progression of the gospel is talking about the kingdom, and then the kingdom language all but disappears, and it's the church, and we are the kingdom So what does the church mean? It means to be called out. What does that really really mean? Well, it means in the the authority that is is given, this place of authority. Dutch goes on to say to um, uh, this authority given uh, to govern the affairs of a city or a nation by like city council, parliament, or congress. So the the church, the body of Christ, has been given this 
spiritual authority like that of Congress. We can partner with the Holy Spirit through prayer and combat the kingdom of darkness. So called out, we're called out to govern. We're called out to be those that are in authority. The Lord's Prayer says, your, your kingdom come and your will be done. And this is a command. So, so that means in the, in the authority of the church, right? Again, which isn't the stage and, and the, you know, the amps and stuff. But, but us as a, as a body of believers, we have this authority to say your kingdom come And we can command his kingdom to come in the authority given to us in heaven that his kingdom would come and his will be done, that his kingdom would be established on on earth as it is in heaven. And how do we do this? Through prayer. I've been, I was youth pastor here uh, a while ago, my younger years, uh, for nine years. And, um, you know, so with the 40-year celebration, you know, I don't know how many years total, but, you know, I've been here for a little bit. Um, and, you know, Living Waters, I can always remember um, the, the depth of prayer from Living Waters Church. Living Waters Church has always been a church of prayer. And, you know, most recently, Stephen's heart, Pastor Stephen, is his heart has been stirred with these new prayer gatherings. And I invite you to join one. Um, We have our uh, unceasing prayer tomorrow. I might be a little bit late. I'm just going to let you know. I think our time is like 5.30 or 6. So, you know, I might slip a little bit on that one uh, because I am off. So maybe 7 o'clock. But, you know, I invite you to to join in in the the different prayer times uh, that that we have, that the Lord is, is putting on Stephen's heart, the unceasing prayer, the community prayer gatherings that we had in the community just recently praying at the school, and then open the wells nights as we, uh, as we meet in the sanctuary here and pray and intercede for what the Lord puts on our hearts. And we, we have Julia uh, with us, and uh, you know, we have a, a worship time as, as well on those nights. But if we have this authority to bring the kingdom of God to earth and we do that through prayer, then let's get involved in prayer. Amen? Who wants to see in the kingdom of God advance here in Shelbyville, Kentucky? Yeah? May your kingdom come. May your will be done today in Shelbyville. May your kingdom come. Advance your kingdom today. Save souls in Shelbyville. Move in power. And we can do that when we come together and pray. With this kingdom language all but disappearing in the church, ecclesia language coming into text, into our text, I would be remiss not to mention the first mention of the church in the New Testament. Before I do that, I want to 
tell you a little story. About a year ago, um, Jessica and I and the kids, and uh, we, we decided to go to Washington, D.C. for uh, a prayer gathering. And it kind of went down like this. She said, well, huh, I really wish that we could go to that. And then kind of walked out of the room and I was like, I think we can go to that. You know, I had I actually had the, the following Friday off, and so I moved that and, you know, looked at the hotel and blah, 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 left at 3 o'clock in the morning, and there we were, you know? So uh, it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment type of thing. And, uh, you know, we went and, and prayed, and specifically prayed around uh, the Supreme Court building. And um, we did some, some laps. We probably did seven, because um, you always do seven laps, right? Um, we did seven, and we were praying. There was a couple thousand people there, um, and, and praying at different locations. But we we took the Supreme Court building, and and um, as as we were, we were we were praying, I I got a God reminder, uh, this little token uh, that the Lord gave me as I as I as I stepped off the the curb. Uh, and look down again as, you know, I don't know what lap it was. It was later on uh, in, the, in the march. So we've gone past it several times and several thousand people kind of going the, uh, the same route. As I stepped over the curb in the, the muck and mire of uh, Washington, D.C., I saw this key laying there. And I picked it up as a, as a God token. Um, for me. And with this in mind, I want to read the scripture. Matthew 16, 18 and 19. It says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The first mention of the church in the New Testament, the ecclesia, the called out ones, those that have authority, those that rule and reign in spiritual authority as a as a council, as a parliament. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the kingdom of heaven. And I will give you keys. Keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. God has given us keys. He's given us the authority to open up doors that no man can open, to close doors that no man can close. And we have that authority because he has established us as the church. Evil is, is ever increasing in the world. And from the text, we know that it will not go completely away until the end of the age. But the gates of hell will not overcome the church. Be reminded this morning that the kingdom is advancing and the gates of hell will not overcome the church. The kingdom of darkness will not prevail over the kingdom of heaven. Even though all the evil that we see around us, it will not prevail because he's given us the key.
He's given us the authority as the church. Let us stand this morning. As Christians, you have been given the spiritual authority to bind and to loose. The authority is ours. And he will give us keys to unlock and lock spiritual doors. I want you, I want us to join together this morning in prayer. Amen. Jesus, thank you that you have given us the keys. Thank you that you have established your kingdom in the church and that your kingdom is ever advancing. God, I thank you that even though the darkness increases around us, you will increase even more. God, and we, we come together, we, we, we dust off the keys. We remember, God, that you have given us this authority. And so, God, we come into this place of authority this morning together corporately as a congregation. God, we pray for our nation. God, we ask, Lord, that your kingdom would come to America. God, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God, we ask this morning, Lord, come today. God, that you would pour out your spirit. Let the power of your spirit be released in our nation. From the east coast to the west coast, God, pour out your spirit and power. God, we pray. Lord, let there be a harvest like we've never experienced before. God, before your second coming, God, before your return, before that great and terrible day, God, let there be a harvest of souls like never seen before. Lord, let there be a great harvest. God, we ask that you would dismantle darkness. God, we ask that you would break uh, the, the powers of darkness, the powers of deception in our nation. God, you have given us this authority. You have given us the keys to call these things forth. And we stand together as a congregation, not necessarily large in numbers, but large in the authority that you have given us. Lord, and we do not back down. We, we, we come before you boldly because of what you said. We don't shrink back. God, we, we take our place in the authority of the Lord in what you have given us. God, and we, we declare over our nation, God, that your spirit rules, that your spirit reigns. God, we, 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 we proclaim over Shelbyville this, this morning, God. We ask, God, that you would move in power. God, that you would send a great revival to Shelbyville, Kentucky. God, let it start in Shelbyville, God, we pray today. Lord, we raise our hands to heaven. We say, God, hear, 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 O Lord. Hear, O God, today. Lord, move in power. Move in power. Lord, establish your church. Establish your kingdom here in Shelbyville. Lord, save souls, God. Save souls in Shelbyville. Save souls, God, today we pray. May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come in Shelbyville. Save souls, God, we pray. 
God, that you would draw men to yourself. God, I pray that we would be reminded this morning. God, that we'd be reminded of the authority that we have. That we would be reminded of the the power that you've given us as the church. And we thank you, God, that you are you're uh, ramping us up again with these different avenues for prayer for a reason. Jesus, we, we partner with you. As Living Waters Church, we say, God, partner with you that your kingdom would continue to advance in our land. Just want if you if you got more to pray, Dave, go ahead. I, I wanted to add that that many of us, as we're praying for the harvest, we've got names on our heart, and and it could be as close as a son, a daughter, a grandchild, a great grandchild, a family member. So let's pray to that right now, Lord God, Lord, the that it, within our own family line, Lord God, we claim the harvest in our family lines, Lord Jesus. In the generation to generation, Lord God, you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Lord God, that in these, in three generations down, Lord, you're passing on salvation. Hallelujah. Father, we have names from our, our next door neighbors and our, uh, from, you know, in our neighborhood and down the street. Lord God, we pray a harvest right there around the corner, Lord God. Uh, Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus, that they no longer follow deceptions, Lord God, but you would arrest them with their kindness and they would repent and turn toward you, Lord. We have, we have friends, Lord God, at work, workmates and colleagues, Lord Jesus. So, Lord, in this harvest, the kingdom of God come at work, Lord. Uh, it doesn't matter how many tares are there. It doesn't matter. You are at work in Amen. that office building, Lord, in that, in that company, in that factory, Lord, you, you are at work there, Lord God. And we, we don't want to get discouraged and go, oh, the darkness is so great. No, the wheat is growing. God is at work in that, that company, that place of work, Lord. God, may we see it. We pray into it. Your kingdom come in our place of work. Your kingdom come. Your will be done there in that harvest, Lord, for our friends at work. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord God encourage you to stay and keep worshiping the Lord for a little bit longer. Of course, the gathering place is available to you to, to fellowship. And uh, Lord, you are, you've blessed us today. You've blessed us with your word, Lord God. Now we pray, Lord God, Lord God, that we take your kingdom. We have the authority of the kingdom with us and, he's, and, and your kingdom is coming everywhere we go this week.